Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about control expectations and of course, I guess our update on our, how we did for our our 2019 uh, wellness goals, but first a little catch up. So gee, what's going on? What's going on? Well, I woke up to a blanket of snow this morning. Did you? (gasps) No. Wow. I had no idea it was going to snow. I guess I just wasn't paying attention to the news at all. And at probably at five in the morning, I heard this really loud noise right outside our window and I'm like, what was that? And I'm like, wait a second, that was a snowplow. And of course, I look outside and I mean, it's just beautiful, a glistening white blanket of snow, about two, three inches. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting it. So yeah, it was kind of a surprise, but I love it. I just really hope that, so we're, we're recording this actually a little, uh, quite a bit in advance um, from when this is going to actually come out, but I'm really hoping. So it's actually almost a week before Christmas at, at this point. Really hoping hoping that it comes back next week because all I want for Christmas is a white Christmas. <laughs> we haven't had a white Christmas in probably three years here, I want to say. So that's that's my that's my one wish. And I don't want it to be balmy. I feel like the last couple of Christmases hasn't even been white. It's 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 not even that it hasn't been white. It's actually been somewhat balmy and like 40 degrees. It doesn't even feel like Christmas. Balmy, that really, me. in December, in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Maybe not quite balmy, but, it, you know, it's it's not Christmas when it's 40 degrees outside. I'll just say that. <laughs> the dramatics. I love it. I know, <laughs> balmy. I <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's when it's 40 degrees, I almost wish it would be balmy. It might as well be balmy, you know? <laughs> I'd rather have balmy than 40 degrees, I guess. 40, I mean. 80, whatever. I mean, it's all the same. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so so I don't know if anyone saw my personal Instagram story over the last, uh, uh, at the, again, at this point when you're listening to this, it will be far um, in advance. But my daughter, Paige, I cannot believe this. You know, she is a highly sensitive child. She has not wanting, wanted to go on stage for the longest time. She's always very nervous about it, as most people are. I know it's very normal. But she keeps saying to me, I'm not going on stage. I'm not going on stage. Well, she went to her ballet recital this past weekend. She did great. She did have to be bribed by her teacher. Apparently, her teacher said she would give her two candy canes and everyone else just one if she went out on stage. (laughs) And that worked. I'm totally okay with that. So that was successful. I was very, very proud of her for that. Otherwise... Oh, yeah. Ready for the holidays. Um, Shopping done. Yes, all the shopping is complete. Wow. Except for one, I had to get my dad his gift, but that's that's easy. I'm basically going to buy him a six pack of beer and some pepperoni and good cheese and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, he's easy. Too funny. <laughs> what about you? How's your how's your holiday prep going? It's going. Uh, Piper calls candy. Actually, both of the girls call candy canes hangy canes. It's so cute. I'm like. I hope they never actually say correct, um, at least for five <laughs> because years. Because do you guys, do you put them on your tree? Is that why? We do, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's so cute. It is super cute. Yeah, so today, I mean, we're kind of in full holiday uh, swing. My boss, one of my bosses, had her offsite today for the holidays, which included going to an emergency shelter and preparing food. So we went oh. to the grocery store, bought everything. Um I don't, it was 40-ish people, 16 of which which were children. So we went with like meatballs and spaghetti and salad and green beans and uh, garlic mm. bread. It was super easy. And so bought everything, went out for a quick lunch and then headed over there and prepared the meal. And we had plenty of time. So we just got to like chat and catch up and it was really nice. I don't always get to see my peers because most of them are at the hospital and we all have very, very, very different job capacities. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, yeah, just not all that often we see each other. So that was nice. And last night was hockey championship game. I saw, Um, I saw this. Yeah. It did not go like the first (laughs) championship game. We got killed. Um, but it was, it was fun. There was some pranking going on and, uh, just, uh, yeah, it was, it was 
it was a great time. It's like okay. more and more. It's like a frat house at the rink. You know, everybody just mm-hmm. hangs out and there's just a bunch of debauchery. So lots of fun there. And yeah, it's just a busy week. I it, It's, you know, yeah. we're pod, it's Monday. We're podcasting uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, I am committed to drinks with somebody. And then Wednesday, I'm hosting my book club. So I'm making two different lasagnas, a vegetarian and a regular lasagna. Oh, plus wow. like garlic bread and desserts and I don't even know what else wine all of it's been purchased but I have to make the lasagnas tomorrow mm-hmm. and then Thursday we have um, the girls Christmas pageant thingy for school and then a Christmas party that night at a local brewery and they have like great live music and stuff so anyway it's a busy wow. busy week and I think once Thursday's done we're kind of over the hump so oh yeah. good that anyway. is a lot a lot yeah, to do. yeah. okay so well let's we let's just go ahead and dive into our topic since it's kind of um, an in-depth one. I would say I actually had this idea. I sometimes I'm just sitting and brainstorming topics for our podcast, and I know you do the exact same thing. And I just had this idea. I've I have so many expectations in my life, or I've had them that have come to fruition or that haven't. And I just think having a podcast talking about what kind of expectations we had for our life or that we still have for our life. And whether those expectations have come true or not, and uh, whether they're long-term expectations or short-term expectations, and then a little bit about our personal control and um, our need for control in our lives, which I've realized from looking at our show notes that we are very different in this capacity, which I am not surprised at all. I think one of the reasons why I chose you as a podcast partner was because opposites attract. And I know that you aren't very as, as controlling as me, which I think is good. Just like Nick isn't as controlling as me. I need someone to balance mm-hmm. me out and kind of slap me into shape sometimes, which we'll talk about in a second. So today we're discussing how becoming an adult partner and or parent has affected our need for control and our expectations in life. So on the larger scale, how did we see our life going five years ago and what does it actually look like today? On the smaller scale, how did we see our life last year, last month, or even last week compared to what it is today? And how have we managed losing a bit of control and changes in expectations? And how has that made us who we are? So just because I think it's important to kind of define control versus expectations, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. So control is the power to influence or direct people's or your own behavior, or the course of events. It's a noun, (laughs) in case you're wondering. (laughs) Expectations are a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So here's an example, a real life example for me. I often feel the need to control my family's schedule each week. My expectation is for my family to be okay with all that I plan each week, specifically the weekends. And oftentimes that expectation is not met because I overly plan, um, and just have way too many, too many expectations for my family, which I'm learning as we go. Okay, so that's just a little um, brief over, overview. Let's go ahead and discuss uh, discuss that more in depth. So I'm going to start with the question. You can answer the first one. So what is your history like with regards to control, Nicole? In other words, have you always been one to keep a tight schedule and manage control of operations in group projects at school, for example, or family functions or anything else? Or are you not one to keep a tight schedule or control things? Uh, I am very situation dependent at work. I, I tend to be a control freak. I, in my previous role, I was told I was bossy, (laughs) which I guess doesn't (laughs) really, really. I, you know, if people say that about me, I believe it to be true. However, I think I, I I would like to think that I do it in a really nice way. Um, But I would say my skill set is very much in like vision and innovation and mobilizing resources to get stuff done. And I do that through relationships. That's just Mm. kind of how I operate. So, But I very much want and crave that control, um, especially in a controlled environment like work. Um, Yet I'm not a details person at all. This does not Mm -hmm. shock you. I know. Um, I'm very much so more fly by the seat of my pants. For example, for presentations, even if it's something important, I tend to not practice. Um, when I was defending my thesis, I, I did not practice. And, and oh. what I, I just rely on authenticity with an arm and confidence because the spaces that I work in and the situations I put myself in are ones that I feel confident in. So if I were getting up in mm-hmm. front of a group and discussing, I don't like something I don't archery, I don't, it's something I don't know anything about. I'm going to have to do a lot more work to 
BS my way through that, right? If you're talking diabetes or food or hockey or whatever, if it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm very knowledgeable about, which is not everything, I do fine. But those are the situations I tend to be in. So I don't really identify Mm -hmm. as a control freak um, or organized, but I, I tend to successfully keep my plate rather full. And so that does require running on a pretty tight schedule. Project management, though, not a strong suit. I'm more the person who's like, hey, you're cool. I'm cool. Let's do this thing together and figure it out as we go. Um, I mean, mm. truly, I, I just relationships is kind of what I go back to. My home life, though, is a bit more loose in project management, and I'm not a details person at all. So um, that is that is a huge disadvantage. I think I'm a great boss in the workplace and a, a good person uh-huh. to work with. But in at home, like, for example, we're transitioning from one like after school um, caregiver to the next and I know that Jess handed off to um, Hannah and she was like, Nicole is a hot mess. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure those were ex- her exact words. Like, she is never organized. She is always late. She has no idea what's going on. Um, and I, it's just because I'm not a details person. I'm kind of like, see, that's I, I don't that really surprises me. I would not say that about you at all. You know, kind of running this podcast with you as a as a partner, I would say I don't know that you. I, you're saying you're not detail oriented, but I feel like you're very organized. You always get your stuff done. Yeah, but it's not the way that other people would want it done. It's on my time frame. But who cares? You get it done. Mm-hmm. So why does it matter? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I'm just surprised <laughs> that she would she, she would say you're a hot mess. I mean, I, I guess I don't see. I, I you know I she saw says you that for, very lovingly. Trust me. Um, but right. she, those words for sure came out of her mouth. But you manage your household very well. It's not like Mark is the, the manager of your household. You're doing that. Correct. Keeping it very organized, yeah. right? Yeah. You have good control over your family. Yeah. And the events that you, and your, and your schedule and getting, you know, I think I look at, and, I, I mean, I have a lot of irons in the fire, right? When I look at a full-time job, two young children, um, you know, whether it's hockey, tennis, um, book club, you know, just friends, travel, family, like podcasting, blogging, like all of those mm-hmm. things pull me in different directions. And yeah. so I have to have, I mean, even just cooking, right? I mean, some people are like, how do you work a full-time job and like cook every night? I'm like, okay, people uh, like, I'm one of those people. <laughs> no, you're not like, it's, yes, it's, it's, you make time for the things that are important to you. And when you have mm-hmm. a lot of things that are important to you, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to get organized, but I, I mean, you're, you have like a daily planner. I mean, that like freaks you me out. No, <gasps> no. Oh my gosh. I use my outlook and then I lay awake at night and think about all the crap I have to do. See, that's, I don't lay awake at night thinking about that because I have it written down on my planner. <laughs> <laughs> You're like my mother. She's never had a planner either. I'm like, I gasp. I can't even. But I rely on it. my outlook calendar. And I, so I, I obviously have to keep it for work. I have a ton of meetings and yeah, I would, psh, there's no way, but I put everything personal on my outlook as well. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's your daily planner. There you go. You just don't have one that you hand right on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. What about you? That's enough so, about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, this is so good. I would actually say on the opposite, shocker, I am definitely a self-defined control freak. And I can actually remember the first thing um, I felt like I had total control of when I was younger. And that was being on time and prepared for school. I'm such a nerd. I would actually set out my outfit and my breakfast every single night. And this was probably starting in first grade. I'm not even kidding. Maybe maybe not first, but sometime in, in elementary school. And it was because I had fear that if I didn't do all this at night, I would be late in the morning. I always hate being late. I know I got that from my dad. Thanks a lot. Although there's nothing wrong with that, but still. (laughs) I've always been incredibly organized, but not necessarily detail-oriented. I know you said you're not detail-oriented either. And believe it or not, I really am not um, myself either. I agree with that. I feel like you you don't plan things down to, yeah, the the nitty-gritty. There are certain things I do, but generally speaking, I am actually not good with details. I will let, I will leave that to somebody else. Um, I can write out an itinerary with the main goal to make sure something gets finished on time um, and in the correct way. Uh, I'll take control of the situation by organizing it as much as humanly possible. Um, But I really like doing things with the support of other people, specifically for the details and just an example, I'm on, I'm an, a wellness innovator in my office and I will basically take total control over all the meetings and the itinerary and like plan out when we're going to do what. But when we are planning 
programming and events like our wellness walk that we just did, I am just not the person who's going to think, oh, all the staff eat lunch at 11 o'clock. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, rent the gym to play basketball from 11 to 12, Mm -hmm. which I did. I just don't (laughs) think about that. I was like, okay, maybe I should change that But you like coming up with the bigger idea. Exactly. It's seeing it through. It's the project management side of it that you don't like. Yes. Yes. I like to manage people, but not projects, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm also very kind of taking a step aside from work. I'm also very controlling with regards to my family's health and wellness, which again, I think that's, you know, both of us can say that, but Mm -hmm. also our agenda and my own health and wellness. Literally the first time I would say I gave up control on my own was, um, uh, and it was completely cognizant of it. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to let go of control of this was when I had, I got pregnant with Paige and I started to think about labor. I knew I really had little control over labor with both my kids. I, I knew that there were, no matter what I did, it, it probably wouldn't turn out the way I wanted it. So I actually did zero planning for it. Didn't really do much research on it. It was the first time that I didn't like dive in deep and, and really try to learn something that I was about to embark on. Uh, I did watch the, you know, the birthing videos, but I knew so little about labor before going into labor. And you know what? I think it made it better for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was actually the first time I can really remember just letting life happen and not overly planning for it. And I think it, it really worked out for the best, which I think in the long run is probably the best thing to do. Just kind of like l- let your life just flow. So that was it's a, funny a you mentioned experience. labor because I had the exact same approach with my oldest. It was just like, oh, you know, I, I didn't even make a birth plan. I'm like, Shh, those never yeah. come to fruition. Right. Like, I mean, exactly. bring her into this world safely. Like that was my plan. I've never done exactly. this before. So I'm going in with, you know, you know, whatever, whatever comes at me. But it was such a bad labor that when, when it was time to deliver Piper, <laughs> I literally was having panic attacks oh, and it gosh. was my inability to control the situation. Right. That mm-hmm. I was, I was like, crap, this thing has to come out of me. <laughs> and I know what that entails. And it's, I, it will. Oh. I can't imagine that. I listened to another podcast called um, The Longest Shortest Time. And the, uh, the, the narrator of that podcast, and she actually, I believe it's her podcast. She's the, um, the director. Anyway, she had a traumatic birth story and she, she talks about it on a couple of the episodes and I just, she's never had another child since. And I always wonder if that's why. Uh, but I am so thankful that I didn't experience anything traumatic with Paige because I went into my labor with Cameron just with roses and, you know, I was just mm. uber excited about it, which is so weird. So I had just two really good birth experiences. And I know that is not true with every woman. So I just, I think I just got lucky because like I said, I really had no control over the situation. It really came down to my baby and my healthcare, you know, attendants and my nurses, my doctors, et cetera, the hospital mm-hmm. I was in, uh, my own body, of course, that also played a role. Anyway. All right. So moving along, I found this website called the Tiny Buddha, and we will link to it in our show notes. It says on the website, the control is rooted in fear. Do you agree with this statement? And how does that statement resonate with you? We kind of just talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad I answered the first question first before reading the Tiny Buddha site, because I, I do agree with much of what the site describes and, and everyone should check it out uh, that, you know, just that connection between fear and control. But I do feel we all hold on to ideals in most situations and experiences and a very small, insignificant example. I couldn't remember what it was, but there was a band I wanted to see at a local like outdoor space. And I was like, heck or high water, we're like, we're going. And it was pouring rain. I'm like, nope, we're going. And we were standing under this umbrella, all miserable because I had, I just was gripping uh, for dear life onto, you know, the expectation and experience that we were going to have. And it was going to be this great weekend. And it was miserable. Wait, um, when we were there? Mm, Is that what you're talking about? Maybe it was you guys. <laughs> it was yeah, raining and, and miserable. Yeah. Did, it was you, that, do you like, not recall? Fest? Oh, I do recall this. And we were but like huddled under an umbrella. Um, yes. Okay, and the kids were running us. rampant and it was rainy and they had their rain boots on jumping in puddles. And we were all like frozen to death under a, <laughs> under there an umbrella, you go. Here chugging our beer, <laughs> trying Having to stay warm with beer. The time of our life, clearly. Um, <laughs> so it was you. Great. I can't I think it was. Yeah. Oh, uh, 
No, there you go. So weather, uh-huh. kids' sleep schedules. You know, if I can tr- control those those types of things, um, and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. fear, but um, those are pretty small scale stuff. But large scale, well, I think it boils down to resiliency um, and just mm-hmm. kind of comfort with failure. Like, don't hold on to stupid, um, you know, ideals in, in situations. And I joke, clearly my memory uh, is terrible, but that almost serves me well sometimes because I, I, it's it's like it never even happened. I I mean I am the most resilient person because my memory sucks. I I just forget things and move on. And yeah. and just kind of really broad, I view the world as friendly versus hostile. I I just assume best intent uh, almost yeah. to a fault. Um, but I think that that's a that's a happier place to be um, as a person. You know, it's it's hard to not get more and more jaded uh, the older you get and the experiences mm-hmm. that you kind of acquire through life. But I would say overall, I'm I'm. I view the world as a friendly uh, versus hostile place. So it's mm-hmm. easier to kind of let go of that control and, and the fear that goes with it. But what about you? Yeah. And and I would actually argue that you say that you control how your, when your kids go to bed and, and their sleep schedule. I do that as well for fear that they're going to be cranky the next day. I mean, that's exactly what the website's saying is control is rooted in fear. Every aspect of my life that I try to control I've, I've reviewed this all because I, I looked at this and I was like, okay, let me think about all these situations. And they really are all rooted in fear. My, I, I fear that my kids will be disastrous the next day or they'll be uncontrollable. When they were babies, I would control their sleep schedule. So, you know, for fear that they'd be up all night. Did it ever really make a difference? Probably not. <laughs> but I feared that if they didn't sleep or if they slept too much, I'd be awake all night and I was awake all night regardless. But you know what I mean? So. But when you are in that season of life, <laughs> you will yeah. do anything to get more oh my sleep. Gosh. It's like this puzzle. What can I do to you and your sleep to <laughs> make this situation better? Um, and typically it was more sleep they got during the day, believe it or not, the more sleep they would get at night, which never made sense to me. Sleep, you get but sleep. It's so true. It's, it is very, very true. All right. So anyway, I so yeah, that kind of goes back to my my control over my morning routine talk what I talked about in the last question, I've always been very diligent about setting out my outfits, my breakfast and getting everything ready for the morning for fear that if I'm, if I don't do that at night, that I'll be late in the morning for work or getting my kids to school or whatever it is. I'm also very controlling when it comes to presentations, especially I would say my thesis, because I really had no idea what I was talking about. Kudos to you for actually understanding <laughs> statistics and all that crap that I'm so glad I never have to do again. But I am always practicing presentations. And really, it goes back to fear of failure or looking dumb or not being able to answer a question that somebody asks. So I'm always, I don't practice a whole lot, but at least once. Um, I'm, I was always studying way ahead of time in college um, for fear of failure. I, Of course, I was always that person, though, who wouldn't have to study the night before. I'd pretty much be ready to go out the night before an exam because I had done so much study studying prior. I never, you know, pulled all-nighters. I was really good about studying little bits and pieces of everything every day so that I never had to cram because I'm just not, you are, you know, fly, fly by the seat of your pants. <laughs> I am not. I have to do little bits of in, of, in pieces, you know. You, I do the same thing with my podcast or with our podcast. I will fill in little pieces of of our show notes, you know, throughout the week. And I never can do it all at once, which I, I realized you did like, probably just yesterday for our, the next <laughs> one that we're going to record. I just can't do that. So we're just different people on that. I think that works. Uh, again, you know, going back to my control over my family's wellness has to do with fear of someone getting sick or not being well. Same with my wellness. I have, you know, I, I feel like I, I cling on to the idea of control for my own wellness for that same fear. Uh, But I would say the most clear example of fear was my eating disorder that lasted six years. And we've done an entire episode on that. It was junior year of high school through college. Uh, They say that eating disorders are based on fear and loss of control. And for someone like me who thrives on control, I believe I felt I was losing control of my life at that time in so many ways. Um, And it created a deep-seated fear in me of immense failure. So the only thing I knew I had control of was my food and my weight. So I did that the best I could, really to bring back a sense of calm in my life, which is not something I would ever recommend, but it makes sense um, when you really start digging into the research about eating disorders and fear and control. I put myself back 
into my shoes back then. I don't completely understand it, but I, it does actually resonate with me a lot. So yeah, I do, I do think control is, is rooted in fear and it makes sense for me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what about this? How has your ability or need to control changed since being an adult, having a life partner and having kids? Mm. I think having kids, especially you just have to just become accustomed to rolling with the punches. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if you're that super controlling type A, Um, I think for me, the lack of control can spiral into an unhealthy place when it has a ripple effect. So I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, especially this time of year is missing work, maybe for a sick kid or a snow day. You know, if I have, you know, there's rarely a day where there's not, you know, patients scheduled or important meetings or something that Mm -hmm. it just, I, I it just puts me on edge, honestly, and not having that control and being able to fulfill, you know, my kind of you know, my, my work, um, obligations and stuff is that just, just really kind of gets to me. Um, and and obviously it just kind of is what it is. And that's something I'm doing to myself. There's no, um, there's no one who's like, you need to be there. Um, that's totally on me. Also just like, you know, something that comes up if I'm not able to fulfill a commitment on account of a scheduling issue or childcare issue that can really get to me, um, Mm -hmm. as the primary and kind of default to parent, not having the ability to share more in that responsibility creates a perceived lack of control for me and can create just some anxiety and resentment, if I were being honest. Um, and with younger kids and babies, uh, I would say I was more of a control freak in our day-to-day life because, like you said, the consistency and predictability of schedules is something that you have to have. Um, and yeah, so just kind of, for example, um, uh Oh, yeah. Sorry. Those two things, the kind of sleep and um, just schedule in general were some of the few things during those early and early months that gave me peace of mind Mm -hmm. and Saturday, quite frankly, as a working Mm -hmm. parent. Um, Yeah. But I would say it's changed. I've become more less controlling, I would say. Um, Yeah. And and needing that. Needing that less. Yeah. Maybe you are the same. No, I would totally agree. I I completely agree with you. I I feel like since even just being with Nick, I felt less controlling because I've realized that he doesn't necessarily want a partner in life who completely controls him. In fact, what does he say to me? He says to me sometimes, and that kind of brings me back to reality, he'll say something along the lines of, Gina, I'm not perfect. And that's when I'm like, oh, wait a second. Am I trying to control him too much? Am I doing too much and and putting too much pressure on him? And that kind of brings me back to reality. But there's a couple of quotes in that uh, tiny Buddha website that I wanted to read. One of them was, you must learn to let go, release the stress. You are never in control anyway, which I I really love. And I resonate with that so much. Just letting go and letting things flow really does kind of help you release the stress. Like what I did with my labor plan, I didn't have one. So I wasn't stressed about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some might argue that wasn't the right way to go. And maybe if things would have turned out differently with me, I wouldn't be saying this right now. I probably would be saying I should have had more control over my labor plan, but it worked out for me having zero control over it. Another quote from the website was uh, surrender literally means to stop fighting, stop fighting with yourself, yourself, stop fighting the universe and the natural flow of things. Stop resisting and pushing against reality which again, kind of says the exact same thing. Just surrender your control, let go of it, and just let your life flow. So yes, I, I, I won't say that I don't still have controlling tendencies. I, that is going to be a part of me that will never go away. It's innate. But I certainly have loosened my reins. Um, while I still control many aspects of my and my family's lives, I have become much better at lowering my expectations, which we'll talk about on the next couple of questions. In other words, when I attempt to control a certain outcome, I'm more aware now that things might not work out as I had planned them. And I'm completely okay with that typically. Uh, As far as work, uh, since I'm a two-woman team of dietitians and we are a part of a much larger team of food service managers, and I work in an industry where profit is key, I am and have been for a while fully aware of and okay with the fact that I have little control over a lot that happens. So I definitely feel like I have more control over my life at home than I do at work. And I'm okay with that. And I tend to need more control 
really when it comes to my personal wellness goals and my family's. And I, th- I feel like I have that, but I don't exhibit it to the point where my family wants to kill me, basically. <laughs> you know, for a while there, I was worried that I was going to be one of those parents who, you know, was sitting by my my kids, force feeding them vegetables and fruits all day. I know I would never be like that, but I did have a little bit of a fear that that's who I was going to end up being. I'm, I, I'm very thankful that my life has turned out a different way because, you know, that's how I was with myself. So why wouldn't I be like that with my kids? That's how I thought for the longest time until I actually had kids and reality, reality kicked in. And I realized that's not who I am and that's not who I'll ever be. And that's not who I want to be. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So moving on to expectations, what are some examples of expectations you had at one time in your life, but which didn't turn out how they thought? <laughs> And talking specifically long-term expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I would say my weight loss journey started, oh, I don't know, over 20 years ago. And, you know, going <clears throat> going through that, you know, my expectation was always just like, okay, it's done, right? I mean, <laughs> took care of that problem. And that just wasn't the case. I, I mean, I, for many, many reasons, I mean, just... <laughs> age, children, genetics, um, set point theory, you name it. Um, my weight is kind of is what it is. And, and, you know, now I'm dealing with my LDL cholesterol levels, <laughs> you, you and your A1C and me, mine, me and my LDL. Um, uh-huh. And I just feel like those two things might be forever and always just what's what's going on. And uh, I th- have you ever had your I'm sorry to interrupt your no. LDL uh, this, the particle size tested. You asked me that before and oh, I, I have not. No, but I, I would, I would like to. And I was just at my primary last week and she's like, I'm not concerned about it. I'm like, Oh good. I thought you were going to throw me on a statin. And, um, because <laughs> oh, my gosh. triglycerides. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I did not actually No, I mean, it, well, it's not good. It was 146. Um, okay. but my HDL and my triglycerides are very, very good. And there's nothing else. I mean, blood pressure is good. So again, kind of glass half full, mm-hmm. I look at what's going on that's positive. Uh, she goes, she, and I, I actually meant to mention this. She goes, well, your weight is down about 10 pounds. And I said, really? Oh. I had no wow. idea. I mean, that's something that I would know. And she went back into my record from like 18 months ago. And she's like, yeah, you're down 10 pounds. And I, I pulled up all my records and I was like, holy crap, I am. And I can't really pinpoint the why on that. But for me, I mean, 10 pounds for me is like moving mountains. Um, I have weighed <laughs> plus or minus three pounds for years and years and years and years and years. And mm-hmm. again, I look at that as almost a good thing. Like, is it the weight that I want? No, but it's pretty darn consistent and I'm living the life I want to live. Um, yes. And it's healthy. Uh, is it exactly what I thought it would be when I weighed 125 pounds? No, but um, it, it, I feel very confident both personally and professionally that mm-hmm. it's okay. And I think that's something that I've had to just kind of wrap my brain around. You know, my A1C is great. So all, all perspective, um, kind of thinking family things and expectations I think it's very easy as, for somebody who doesn't have children to say, I would never do that. I think of things mm-hmm. like spanking or screen time. Um, and I jokingly wrote on here, you know, going into marriage thinking we'd have two kids, in my instance, one of which would definitely be a boy, fulfilling careers that demanded only the nine to five without added stress, travel, anything like that, have hot sex 2.3 times a week, have relationships <laughs> with our friends and family that experience no strains or hardships while taking at least two vacations a year, one tropical and one adventure. That isn't life. <laughs> Right. Parenting isn't easy. Marriage isn't easy. Um, Yeah. So, I I mean, you could take that any direction. But I think for me, my health and specifically my weight and my LDL are are kind of what I think of. And just expectation wise, Mm -hmm. um, just realizing that I don't have control in that instance, um, that there are just some things, even if it's your health, that there are so many factors. And even as a dietitian, I'd like to say I can be the weight I want to be with the LDL I want to have. And Either that's one, not true, or two, it's I'm just not in the headspace um, to do what it might take to 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 tip the scales that way, pun intended, I guess. You know, dinner's out once a week and all that, you know, all the intuitive eating and joy of food that we talk about all mm-hmm. the time. Like for me, the juice is not worth the squeeze. So I move on. Yeah. I accept yeah. and I move on. <laughs> And, you know, who's to say that your numbers wouldn't be worse? I mean, obviously you exercise on, on a regular basis. You eat, you know, a balanced diet. You 
you probably everything that you're doing, you are controlling your health. You know, you do have control over your numbers. I could I try to tell myself this when I go to my doctor and I get an A1C of 5.6, which is basically pre pre diabetes. <laughs> you know, I, I kept saying to myself, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm doing all these things. I'm eating healthy. I exercise. I, you know, I, I get outside. I'm active. I, I, I have I fulfill all my other wellness goals why is my A1C still super high? And I think to myself, well, if I wasn't doing all that, I probably would have diabetes at this point. Right. So I actually am having positive control over my, my health and well-being, Even though my numbers don't necessarily show it, they, might, they would probably be worse if I wasn't doing all those good things for my health and wellness. So I think the same thing for you. Maybe your LDL would be much higher um, if, if you weren't doing all that fun stuff. And you're right. I, I think it's, we want to be able to enjoy, you know, be an intuitive eater um, be able to go out with our spouse and our friends and not just have to get salads and chicken, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not life. Bah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I do love a good chicken salad or salad with chicken every once in a while, but you know, not always. That's for sure. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you and pretty much the exact same thing you said. I would say I, like I said, I would, I went into marriage thinking, um, or I should say I went into my adult life, I should start with thinking that I had at least a a large amount of control over my own health and well-being. And while I do believe that that is true, I really kind of thought I was immune to things. Like, you know, when I would hear about cancer or diabetes, I thought like that will never happen to me. You know, I'm not in a larger body. I eat very healthy I'll never get diabetes. And then I start talking to my family and realize that literally everyone in my family has diabetes. I don't know if I told you this. No, I don't um, think you I, did. Yeah. So I went to a family reunion uh, a couple of weeks ago and I just started talking to my aunts and uncles. My mom is a, has, is a, has six brothers and sisters. She's got a large family. And uh, I would say three of them are significantly older than her because her, her parents had three kids. And then like 20 years later had four more. It's so odd. But anyway, mm, that's what happened. Interesting. And so I started talking to her older siblings and it turns out that my grandpa had diabetes. All my mom's siblings pretty much have diabetes. And then my aunt on my dad's side has diabetes. So it's really not that shocking. It is just a little bit shocking that, you know, they're all, if you look at them, they're overweight. And one of the risk factors for diabetes is being overweight. Uh, so, and they all typically developed it because I did ask them this too around age 50 and I am not even 37 yet. So it still is a little bit shocking, but anyway, so that's one thing I was not expecting to not have more control. I didn't, I kind of, I start, I, I tend to ignore genes in, even though that they are, they're obviously super powerful. Regarding relationships, uh, I expected to never be one of those couples who fought about finances. I mean, every time I would, you know, you hear the number one topic of, you know, that, that couples fight about or bicker about is money. And I used to always think, why would we ever do that? And then we had kids and, you know, we switched jobs back and forth. We've moved, we've done this and that. And I mean, it happens. We fight about money not anything ridiculous. It's just little bickering back and forth. But for me, the bickering is the worst thing because I come from a, a mom and dad who bickered constantly and who ended up getting divorced just about four years ago. So it was inevitable. They should have probably been divorced years ago. But for the longest time, when Nick and I would bicker, and I'm talking about 13 years ago when we started dating, um, every time we would bicker, I would just get this fear inside me that just would just build and build that that, that meant that we weren't right for each other and that we were just going to self-destruct. And that's not healthy. You know, bickering is actually quite normal and arguing is going to happen. You cannot expect to have total control over the fights and the bickering. You just can't. Um, but you can obviously work on reining it in and find a good counselor to talk to, which we are still looking for. I had talked about on this podcast in the past that we were seeing a, a marriage counselor not for anything specific, but really just to kind of talk through some of our differences and um, really to learn how to bicker better. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she quit, not quit seeing us, but she actually, I think, is opening up her new a new practice in another state. So 
We've been trying to find someone else. And let me tell you, something else I expected was to be able to find a marriage counselor easily, but sadly enough, it has not been easy. And I'm a little bit picky. I want to find someone that's close to either um, my work or our home so that we can meet because he generally works from here, from home, and then I'll come from work. So I, I don't want us to have to go out of our way or we probably wouldn't go. When I say we, I'm talking him. So I'm <laughs> trying to find a place that's easy for us to meet at once or twice a month. And that has proven more difficult than I thought. Something else that I, I want to end on, and I don't know, tell me what you think about, I, I read this article. Actually, I didn't even read the article. I just saw the, the headline on a Facebook post. This was probably a year ago or something. And it said that for women, their husbands are actually more stressful to them than their kids. And I read that and I was like, what exactly does that mean? And then I started thinking about it. I truly believe that my mood and Nick's mood, there's like a symbiotic relationship there. Whenever Nick is in a bad mood or sad or depressed or stressed, it's like I feel it. It's like he's my twin and I feel his pain. So whenever he's having a tough week and there are times when he'll be, you know, moody and stressed for days on end. And it has such a profound effect on me that I never expected. I mean, I would say that this probably has is more so um, something that I've noticed since having kids. I didn't really notice this, you know, five, six years ago before we had kids, but I notice it so much more. It's like whenever he comes home and he's in a bad mood, I'm automatically just sad and just down. Do you ever get like that with Mark? Uh, I would say no, because Mark is just not one to talk about any of, I mean, emotions, uh, thoughts, Mm -hmm. feelings. Um, (laughs) It's very operational. Um, Mm -hmm. Always has been um, probably more so now than ever before. It's very operational. And and obviously, you know, raising a family has a lot to do with that. Um, It's, you know, just kind of one foot in front of the other one day to the next. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say I don't see his cards in that way. Okay. But when he's stressed out, does it stress you out? Um, He does not show stress. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Marcus is, he is just extremely. He's got a poker face. Yeah. I mean, he is, he lives in a world of black and white and I am straight up gray. Um, You know, <laughs> I, yeah. And that's, that's a huge difference. And he will never understand that about me. And I will never understand that about him. We're extremely different in that way. Okay. So I don't feel like I can really answer that question. Okay. He probably could. <laughs> I wonder if. Because I can be moody AF yeah. um, mm-hmm. if I was being honest. Um, and I am, I wear my heart on my sleeve big time. If if there's something on my mind, you're going to know about it. Um, I, I think I that's how Nick is. like to talk things out. And that's super important to me. Uh, so I'll ask him that question. <laughs> okay. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Quickly, what are some examples of short-term expectations you've had month to month, week to week, or day to day? And how often do they actually happen? And how do you handle it? Yeah, I think right now expectations in life are just rooted in a lot of self-care, personally, professionally. Uh, I'm working on reducing my reactivity. This has been something I would say I've been on a journey for the past one to two years of working on. I have a very impetuous nature and I need to be sure that it does not cause implosion. Um, So historically, (laughs) I have had very strong reactivity in all areas of my life. um, And at work, that's got, I don't want to say gotten me into trouble, um, but I've had to do some uh, damage control in that way. Ditto. Yeah. (laughs) Especially at work. I'm the same way. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I feel extremely fortunate that um, my work does offer a executive coach that I meet with twice a month, and she That's has awesome. been instrumental uh, in just helping me work through that. And I work with some very difficult people and very difficult teams. Uh, and I can honestly say that now I I go into and I'm still on almost a day to day um, or week to week managing these expectations, but I can now go into meetings and that I with zero expectations, just just going in with no expectations because I know I cannot control the situation and I can leave mm-hmm. going hmm, that sucked. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's on them. It's not on me. So I literally just move forward with with what I need to do. 
Um, you know, just a lot of dysfunction, strong personalities, legacy employees, um, all of that fun, fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. my current motto I would say is time is my ally. Uh, I, I just tend to want to f- press the fast forward button on pretty much everything. And so I'm just allowing time to provide clarity and help with decision-making and really just to let things happen more organically versus the, my, my nature, my default, which is make a decision and then live with the consequences. Uh, that is 100% how I, I operate and function. And there's really no reason for that. That's, that's just not responsible. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm recognizing that about myself. What about you? I think I'm a lot like that, Nicole. I I would agree with everything that you just said. I, I need to just slow down and, uh, just take it easy and think things through more often, especially at work, but also at home. I kind of answer this question a a little bit differently. There are just certain things. And again, I, I really bring myself back to my home more. So when I'm thinking about these questions, um, so short-term expectations, I would say one thing that I know I need to work on and that I've always been super anal about is cleanliness. And I think <laughs> no one will ever be as, I don't know, organized. I cannot stand clutter. I cannot stand it. And maybe it's a little bit of OCD. It for sure is. <laughs> but even a little bit of clutter it just makes me itchy. and. I think it drives Nick nuts. Like he'll put his coffee mug down somewhere random and it won't even have, it might have a tiny bit of coffee in it, which is always cold because he likes cold coffee and it's just weird to me. And I'll just be cleaning up and I'll dump it and, you know, put it in the dishwasher because that's just what I do. I can't stand things just laying around. And he's just like, where'd my coffee mug go? Oh, I'm sorry. I put it away. I put it in the dishwasher and he'll just get so annoyed. So I have to lower my expectations as far as, okay, I have two young children. And I have a husband who isn't quite as OCD about, you know, clutter as I am. He's certainly OCD about other things. Um, But I have to lower my expectations about just cleanliness around the house unless I want to go completely bonkers, which I don't. What was the other thing I had on here? Um, Oh, you know, also my schedule. I'm... I would, again, I'm very organized and timely and I'm always, you know, like writing out schedules and figuring out like what time I should wake up in the morning in order to get the breakfast ready and to get my workout in and my shower. And sometimes I expect Nick to be like that. I expect him to also wake up when his alarm goes off and not push news three times and to help get things ready in the morning. But I need to lower my expectations when it comes to that because he's not, he's not as punctual as me in the morning. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. So instead of There's holding not. a grudge, there isn't. He's so, here's the thing. <laughs> That's funny. I, I think there's a problem with that. Okay. First of all, he does it on the weekends. So I am very thankful for that. Oh, I think I've told you this before. Yeah. He's the one that wakes up with the kids in the morning and on the weekends and I sleep in. I will take that any day because I'm going to wake up in the morning anyway, dur- early during the week anyway, because I typically need to get in the shower, do my hair, work out. So it's okay. I, I spend an extra 10 minutes getting their breakfast ready. Big deal. But if he will take them in the morning on the weekends, it is totally worth it. Um, but sometimes I, I do get annoyed when he's, you know, I'll be downstairs having been awake for an hour and a half. And I hear him finally getting out of bed, you know, slowly getting in the shower, taking his good old time upstairs while I'm downstairs, you know, feeding the kids breakfast in the morning when we're rushing. We've got 30 minutes to do a million things, but I'm letting go of those expectations because I just too much friction and it's working out fine. Yeah, that's that's really all I got. You're a better woman than I. A current expectation of mine is that Mark gets up and puts the ice packs in the lunch boxes and the lunch boxes in the backpacks and ideally the backpacks in my car. And (laughs) I I cannot tell you I'm just done arguing about it. Like I just I just can't. I'm done. Like that's that's why I just do it. That's why I just do. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to argue. I don't want to you know, I don't want my heart to explode because I'm sweating because I'm so angry. I just give up and do it. But he'll do other things. Like this morning I said, hey, now that you're awake, go clean off my car. It's got two you know, inches of snow on it. And he did. So that made up for it. <laughs> go Nick. <laughs> that, no, that's but good. It's good. You guys have some trade-offs. Um, we're, maybe, exactly. maybe that's, that's what's missing in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So lastly, yes, trade-offs are very important. How has relaxing control and letting go of expectations changed your life 
for the better or changed you for the better? Uh, I go back to perspective and I, I, because it's true. Um, I think the more of life we've experienced, the more we know and learn. And recently I heard someone say that life doesn't get any easier. We just get stronger. And that really resonates with me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, I like that. That just means a lot. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have mentioned this book in, in the past. It's called Slowing Down to the Speed of Life. And I'm trying to think who the author is. It doesn't really matter if you, oh man. If you type in the title, um, we'll put it in the show notes too, but if you type in the title on on Google, you'll find it. But it's really just about living in the moment and the importance of not um, grasping for control so often and not needing that control so much and also kind of reducing your expectations and just letting life flow. And I use, I put that as a goal for myself in 2019 to reread that book. I didn't quite do that, but I do have it with me at all times and I have earmarks on probably a hundred pages. And I just kind of go back and reread some of those quotes every once in a while because they are just on point. And I recommend that book to anyone. So my, even though I will always be a very controlling person, I have come so far since being an adult and having a partner and having children. It has just made me a more relaxed person um, overall and really able to enjoy life more. All right. So now we're going to switch gears completely. We are going to talk about how you did with your 2019 goals and how I did. And also what are our top three wellness goals for 2020? And I have to start by asking you, because I'm dying to know, did you ever get, I can't remember what the name of it was, but the email with all the news, the daily news updates that you said you were going to read every day. And I said, there's no way you'll do it. I tried it once. (laughs) Um, I still receive them. You do. And, and. And I haven't read it in months. Um, (laughs) You jerk. I can't believe you remember that. I totally remember that. Oh, what was it called again? I got to look. I'm looking. (laughs) Shit. I suck. Um, I feel like it's milk or something. No. It was something. Oh, the skim, the daily skim. skim. Oh, milk. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Skim and milk. All right. Well, you know. Um, uh, Yeah. You know, they try and weave in quite a bit of humor, uh, Mm -hmm, which I don't dislike, but, um, you know, current events types, like just down and dirty. Just let's go. Take Mm -hmm. the humor out of it. Like just just serve it up. I agree. I don't know. Too much extra. Okay, I'm going to read okay. it tomorrow morning before I get out of bed. <laughs> okay. So what were your other 2019 goals and how did you do? Wait, was that, that was a goal of mine? I didn't even have that one down here. I but, swear it was. Yeah, I, I think I maybe added that one mid-year. Anyway, my my intellectual or an occupational goal was to figure out if I wanted to pursue a doctorate. Um, and my answer is no. So I'm I'm very glad. So that's totally my um just rash nature is I was, you know, looking at programs. I mean, I would have forked it all over and just dove in. Uh, but I'm glad that I didn't. It, my job is in a better and more rewarding place. So I would say, you know, my mid-year was a no and my end of year is a no. And I'm not saying never, but at this point in my career, in my life, the um, it, it just doesn't make sense uh, for, mm-hmm. for me personally. We'll see. The second goal was physical, and it was to be more creative with fruits and vegetables, especially snacks. Uh, And I didn't do great with this as far as snacks, but I would say I'm getting better at dinner meals um, and just adding like side dishes. I don't know. I'm usually like an all-in-one kind of person because it just makes sense to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm doing more like sides and roasting cauliflower, just just getting more creative with uh, vegetables, I would say. And then my third goal, which was emotional, is yes, less yelling at the kids. Um, I just, I'm a loud person and uh, I I guess I I hate that about myself, but I do tend to raise my voice. Um, I would say I'm doing better at it. And I think, again, just making sure that I have that self-care, which is everything from yes, planning ahead and being on time and schedules and, and all of that to making sure that I have daily exercise. Um, I have been getting up earlier. And they've also just been a lot more self-sufficient, uh, but I've been really good about having breakfast on the table before they're even up and, and just really getting on in a flow. So we reintroduced mm-hmm. the okay to wake clock for Shay, which does not allow her out of her bed until 715 unless she has to go potty. Uh, and that has been huge because if I can have myself ready and, and breakfast ready before they're awake, 
um, uh-huh. usually helpful. Lunch is yeah. packed and the backpacks, you know, who does that marker eye? You know, that's the forever mm-hmm. um, battle in my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, having myself ready. So it just makes the mornings a little bit easier. Uh, and I will say they've also been self-entertaining really, really well. Um, the dog beds have officially turned into baby beds. Um, they love to put the dolls in the in the dog bed and cover them up with blankets. Uh, but the the fighting and hitting, it's like they recently oh figured out that they can kick each other's butts. And so, mm-hmm. of course, if I'm not even in the same room with them, I'm like, stop that. Like, you know, I just naturally like go to yelling and it's not effective. So um, that is definitely a goal I want to continue working on in 2020. <laughs> You know, I read somewhere, and this makes so much sense, that you should never yell at your kids from another room, that if you really want to get their attention, you should go to them to talk. And I need to work on that personally. Because, yeah, it's so much easier just to be like, you guys, stop fighting. <laughs> but that does nothing. I mean, right. it does absolutely nothing. Even you know, all think this. About it's just difficult yes, to like break those exactly. habits and talk yourself um, into a better <laughs> a better place in that, in, in that yeah. moment. But. What about what about True. Gina's 2019 oh goals? Gosh. So I had the goal of being out of credit card debt, which, you know, I, I said this. It's not like we're in massive amounts of credit card debt. But here's the problem is that we have enough where I'm making minimum payments every month and it's just not getting us anywhere. I will say we put a, we made a huge dent this year. We still do have a little bit, but it's we're in a really good place. We're in a much better place than we were before. So hallelujah. That's awesome. Another goal was to have Cameron potty trained. I would say he is 95% potty trained. We're currently working on getting him to go potty on the big potty. I am so sick of cleaning SHIT out of the little <laughs> potty. I mean, it is absolutely. <laughs> Those just, days are dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So we're working on getting him to go on the large, the adult potty, the big boy potty is what we call it. Um, and then also, of course, he still wears a pull up at night. I'm still just not ready to think about possibly having to wake up in the middle of the night and get him to go to the bathroom. But quite truthfully, if if we put him to bed without a, a pull up, he probably would be just fine until the morning. But he'd wake up earlier, probably at five o'clock to go to the bathroom. And then would he go back to bed? That's the question. So I'm still holding on to that one for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. We, my goal was to have just do better in the mornings. I, you know, we have a very quick turnaround in the mornings with lots to do. So far, I would say our mornings have been a lot smoother, but there has been a lot of fighting and kicking and throwing waffles and you know just yelling, and it's got to stop. I'm really trying to nip that that in the bud as as much as possible. Mm, we'll see. It probably never will happen. I mean, when you have two kids that are close, you know, close age. They're always going to bigger, just like adults, right? Um, let's see. My other goal was to introduce Cameron to more fruits and vegetables and also Paige. But I said Cameron because he's the more choosy one at this point. I would say it's still a work in progress. I've done my best, but boy, is that boy strong-willed when it comes to food. Let's see. Oh, I did also say that I was buying a, a nightly brain teaser book, and I did buy one, and I have been doing it. I will say, though, that what I've also done, I downloaded the app. It was I think it's a dollar a month or maybe three dollars a month. So worth it. It's called Elevate and it takes you through five different activities every day to kind of get your your brain working. I absolutely love it. It does math, reading, writing, um, you know, vocab. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend it. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Did we already do our new ones? No, but I don't no. have mine made. I didn't I didn't read that part of the question. Oh, that's okay. I don't have mine. Do you want to come up with a few on, on the spot? Ooh. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you mine. You go ahead and I'll think. Sounds good. You're going to laugh at this, but my goal is to read 10 books in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's a start, Gina. Probably, it is that's a start. Good. That's good. So that's almost a book a month. That is, for me, very good. Okay. I I don't even know if I'll be able to do that, quite honestly. I think I read maybe six books this year. I just, I don't know. I You don't have Netflix and maybe that's what I should just do. Get rid of Netflix because that's I do what have takes Netflix. up my time. You do now? Yeah. My brother. Oh, you, yeah. He's, we're on his account now. Okay. Well, you might not else, be you know. reading as much now. <laughs> I don't know. TV is just not enticing to me. I mean, I do like it, but I would rather, I mean, I have, yeah. See, yeah. that's where Nick and I bond. Like we'll go upstairs and we'll watch TV together. And that's just our thing. It's always been. So we don't, we can't read together. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> our next, my next one is to read two chapter books with Paige. We are currently reading our first chapter book, which is Harry Potter. She's not really into it because there's no pictures, which I do understand. It's also kind of a slow starting. It's, it's, it's a, it starts off very slow and it drags on at the beginning. She might be a little bit too young for it, but I'm hoping it starts to get good. He's about to go to Hogwarts and hopefully it gets more exciting. Uh, let's see. I, I also have a goal this year of becoming a certified intuitive eating instructor. I just got that approved uh, by my boss, which I'm super excited about. Uh, next is to manage my pre pre diabetes. I just made a, an appointment with, even though my, my doctor told me it's not necessary. I thought, how could this not be necessary? My A1C has gone from 4.7 to 5.6 in two years. That is, I, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. So I did make an appointment with an endocrinologist and I'm hoping to get some answers or at least just have, I don't know, another viewpoint. And of course, I will say second to last is a goal, which we had last year of making some money on this podcast. And I'm not even saying a surplus of money, just canceling out what we pay monthly would be great. So anyone which is who substantial. wants to, <laughs> it is substantial listeners. We pay a good amount of money. And do you remember my first goal? We, take a, a good, we pay a good amount of money to, to talk at you and hope that you listen. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's worth it, but it would be nice if we could cancel that out for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, volunteer once a season with the kids. I mentioned that before. Oh, yeah. So spring, winter, summer, fall, do a little round of volunteering. And then lastly, sign up Paige and Cameron for something each season to keep them socially and physically active. Paige is doing ballet now. I'm going to sign up Cameron for swimming and then probably soccer over the summer. All right. Did you think of any? Okay. I thought of one, two. Okay, perfect. I my upper body is just increasingly the um so I would like to add two upper body workouts a week. And you know, I'm oh. a, I'm a cardio junkie, so I got to get serious about the upper body stuff. Um Yeah, I love it. I will say You said that before too. You said you wanted to do more cross training. Mhm. Mm yeah. Does so, it happen? Mm -hmm. No. Um <laughs> very aware that it needs to get done, but I'll, I'll say two times a week. And then okay, I have, wait, real quick. Yeah. Does the I'm sorry. Does the Peloton do any bar spin classes so there are weights on the back of the bike bike yeah. like three pounders and it, depending mm -hmm. on the class so he, here's the issue so i'm very metrics driven um mm -hmm. and a cardio junkie so and competitive with myself so that that trifecta there means that i purposely avoid the ones with arms so that i can have a higher output oh my gosh i know that's I almost as bad as me being obsessed about my rings come on <laughs> agreed Agree. Okay, okay thank you. All right. All right. So twice a week, maybe what I should do is just purposely choose one. Or I could always do like a five or 10 minute after the ride, like yes. or any other time. I have weights in my office. It's just a matter of perfect pause. Okay, move on. Like, you know, do an arm workout and then you know, I could do it at lunch. Like I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Exactly. It's so lame. All right, good. I'm glad um, we talked that out. <laughs> and the second is I want to go to an NHL game. I have never been. Mm, mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Sounds super lame, but I'm just kidding. What? So wait, I'm just kidding. Is are the Blue Jackets NHL? Yes. Do you know the Blue Jackets? Okay, so good. I've <laughs> yes. I've been to an NHL game when you've never been to one. I've this played on their ice before, and I've never seen that. Yeah, when we when oh we lived gosh. in Columbus, we played on the Blue Jackets ice. Not you all the time. You need to come but... to Columbus, and we'll go to a Blue Jackets game. That's what we'll do this year. Let's plan it. Okay deal my parent my dad gets good tickets all the time my dad and my brother are obsessed they would for the they sake would. of the 2020 goals okay all right let's do it coming do to it. buckeye land awesome okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so mom wins favorite new products i'm gonna start cranberry turkey meatballs i don't know if these were seasonal they might be but they're frozen trader joe's meatballs cranberry turkey uh I, I, th I think they might be seasonal because it's more of a thanksgiving you know flavoring but cameron was obsessed with them loves them eats them almost every night. And I also think that they are delicious. Hmm. So at Trader Joe's, frozen, freezing, oh my gosh, freezer section. <laughs> Sounds good. What about you? Uh, I, I will say breakfast cookies. Tried a new recipe. Uh, and okay. the base of it is dates. Um, you chop up the dates and put boiling water over them. And then you kind of mash them and almost make a paste. Uh, so there's no added sugar. And then it's got like coconut and oats and... 
almond flour. They were delicious. So I'll put the link in the show notes. Really, really good. Sounds good. You want to read our review? No, you read it because it's about me. And that's weird. Oh, sounds good. Sure. This is from (laughs) Michelle Naz one. I have been following Nicole for years and love her blog. This is a fun and informative podcast. Really enjoyed the holiday episode. Thank you, Michelle. I think that that was also a really fun episode to record. And I hope we do that one every year. Yeah, people really, really, really like that episode. Number one yeah. downloaded episode. Uh, more, more than Fancy? That was a big one too. The one that you and Mark did, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Holiday Great. was number one. All right, so coming up on January 12th, we will be dishing about our paths to becoming registered dietitians and a little about the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. This is timely as soon the next round of dietitians will learn which internship they've been accepted to. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. And you don't even have to write anything. Just fill out the stars. All right. Until next time, everyone, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Gino. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.